if you could build a business in the modern world as big or as small as you want without having to compromise the things that were the most important to you in the very beginning? This is the Wealthy Consultant Talks podcast with Taylor Welch and Mike Walker, as they share with you today their learning lessons from stories in their experiences over the past 10 to 15 years and share with you right here, right now. Let's get into it. Okay, okay, what's going on my friends? Mike Walker here with Mr. Taylor Welch. Excited to be with you on another TWC Talks podcast. Uh, you know, we've got a topic today that is um, certainly hitting home with a, a lot of people. Uh, it was yesterday that Taylor and I were on live with our modern day consultant clients. We do it every single Wednesday with the crew there. And we went deep on, on a lot of different topics, but one that just really resonated. Um, and I, I think you'll, you'll know which one I'm talking about here, Taylor, because it grabbed about 20 minutes of the call. I was actually taking it out for our knowledge base clips. And uh, it was the, it was the whole topic of, you know, don't die mode, basically, you know, facing some severe adversity as an entrepreneur. I think you might know one or two things about that. I'm not sure. You know, what we should do is, is we should just have them grab like a 10 minute snippet of the section where we're talking about the looping mm. and put it in here. And then that way we can talk about it. So let's have the team nice. queue that up and throw that in here. So you, you guys can actually listen to just the section about looping. It talks about exactly what's happening to the mind of an entrepreneur when you go through dysfunction. Oof. Oof. So we're done. We can just leave right now. That's it. We're good. Cut <laughs> <laughs> it. So we'll come back. You have a, you have loops mentally. We have loops. So if we get in, we've talked about this before, but there's the stimuli or the thing that happened to us. And then there's the belief, which causes the feeling about that thing. And then there's the emotion of the feeling that comes from our belief around the thing. Hmm. What our brains do, because our brains are, brilliant at compressing effort they just don't want to do our brains don't want to do anything they mm -hmm. want to just conserve glucose and not have to work mm -hmm. our brains will cut out the middle part so it'll just it'll just say well this happened so i feel this way so let me give you an example of this that i think will be helpful mm -hmm. we can just go a little bit deeper on this and it seems like everyone's feeling it right right now so let's, ah. let's say that let's say that you wake up every morning at at seven and you get in your car at eight and you hit traffic at eight fifteen. Okay, let's just assume this example. And you hit traffic. And the belief you have about that traffic is that you're late and everyone's going to think you're stupid because you're late and you're not prepared. And so how do you feel about that? You feel angry and you feel stressed. Okay? This happens 10 days, 15 days. The brain's first response is to cut out the belief. You hit traffic, now you feel pissed. You're no longer, the brain is no longer paying attention to what you believe about it. It's just, it's created a loop because that saves the brain time in processing power. So you wake up at seven, you get into the car at, at eight, you hit traffic at 815, you hit traffic, you don't even process it anymore. You don't even have the cognitive, oh, I'm going to be late, F this, I'm angry. You mm -hmm. just have this, I'm angry because I saw a car, okay? Mm -hmm. Then you go through another month, another two months, and then the brain says, I can, I can condense this down further and catch this because I've never taught him this before. This is the second layer down. The brain goes, we're still wasting time on having to hit traffic, but we know that every day at 8.15, we get mad. So at 8.10, I'm going to oh. time the body to be mad because it's easier to get mad if we're already sort of agitated 
than to get mad if we're sort of chilled out and calm. So the, the brain goes, we need to conserve glucose. So at 810 every day, I'm just going to turn on the system and cortisol is going to hit. I'm going to be already sort of agitated. We get mad, then we hit traffic. So notice this is a great reversal that has happened because now the body is responding before the stimuli happens. Let's say you wake up at seven. You don't have to go to the office. It's Saturday. You're sitting at home and at 810, you're mad. Why are you mad? Because the brain has done you a favor and it has primed you to be upset because mm. that's what happens every single day. And so this is the second layer down. And, and, and if you're really in flow, your, your brain will just push that time back and back and back because it will just prime you whenever it, it notices certain things. Let's say that mm. you know that when you walk through the hallway of your house, you know that you're probably going to get in your car and you're going to get, get traffic at 810. So now you're getting agitated when you walk through the hallway. And we have these emotions that run our lives because they've been looping for so long. So we all have these patterns. So when, when you wake up, your body knows what's likely going to be your experience in the first couple hours of the day. And it doesn't matter how you go to bed at night, you will wake up the next morning and your body has done you a favor and it has reset you. Now this is all from, your, your mind's not trying to hurt you, it's trying to help you. Your, your mind is trying to help make it easier on you. And so we have to have the ability to then go in and say, wait a minute, I'm not angry at my mind, I'm not angry at my body, I'm not angry at anything, I just, I'm, I understand that it's trying to do me a favor, but it's the wrong favor and I no longer need this. And so at 810, I'm going to prime my body with a different kind of emotion. You cannot delete emotions. You can only replace them. You can't delete feelings. You can only replace them. You can't delete beliefs. You can only replace them. If I tell you right now, don't feel sad. Everyone's focused on sad. Don't think of a blue, a blue alligator. Everyone's thinking of a blue alligator. You can only replace the images in our mind and the beliefs that we have about them. So every morning when you wake up, you decide that you're going to intensely visualize your best case scenario. You guys still with mm -hmm. me or have I lost half of you? You guys still here? No, we're tracking. I'm getting cool. head nods. Okay, awesome. You wake up first thing in the morning and you're gonna intensely visualize the year is 2027 and I have all of these goals that I'm looking forward to and there's crystal detail. The, the, the mind doesn't understand the difference between living something and thinking it. It's the same trigger for us mentally. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at me right now, what do you notice? Just blurt out random details or put them in the chat about what you see in my environment. The office behind me, the picture of Lindsay. What do you see? Go, 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 go. What do you see? What do you see? What do you see? There's a TV. The hair is perfect. Thank you. There's light outside. There's a bookshelf. It's organized. Okay, so when, when we're in real life, notice we're paying attention to details. You're not just seeing some random silhouette of a human on a computer mm -hmm. screen. But when we visualize our goals, we just visualize random silhouettes and like bunny, money and stuff. We don't, but, but the mind doesn't, the mind sees details. The mind yeah. sees exquisite quality of there's a book. What is the book? And you can change the angle. Now what do you see? The angle's changed. Now I'm in a different place. And so the mind, for the mind to fully accept it, it's mm -hmm. got to have the amount of detail that you can change the perspective and you can see the details. And it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. What does it look like at 8.30 in the morning? What's it look like in the evening? And the more details you have around this, the more believable it becomes and the more pure the signal becomes to your subconscious.
So when you wake up in the morning, you think about these things. And now, rather than trying to delete the emotion of, of anxiety and feeling stress, you're replacing it with the feeling of expectation and gratitude and thankfulness and excitement. And so your, your mind goes, huh, we've changed the program. Mm -hmm. So now in an effort to conserve glucose, 10 days, 15 days, 20 days, your mind goes, when we wake up in the morning, we feel this way. And we're not looking for the stimulus. We're not looking for the reason or the circumstance. We're not looking for the belief. It's an automatic nervous system response that the brain says, we're going to conserve our energy and we're going to wake yeah. up feeling happy. You have to get to this place because if, if we're, the, the question you asked is, was it a struggle to sit down and come up with these goals? And this is a winding tangent. We're making our way all the way back. But the answer is yes, because there's been a certain period of time where you have changed your chemical patterns to allow you to feel this way. And now there's got to be a certain amount of time where you change them back. Make sense? Yep. So it's not yep. going to happen overnight. You're not going to be like, tomorrow you flip the switch. You want to know what I got in trouble for this morning with, <laughs> with my coach? <laughs> she said, why are you expecting that you just flip the switch like a light bulb and you're <laughs> like back to your former mindset? And I said, because. <laughs> in because that's what i want like, do you do you realize that you're a human i was like blah 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 like i get it whatever i'm a human and she's like no seriously you have this neurochemistry and this is and she explained stuff to me and she's like you have to allow yourself to take time to work yourself back because you gave yourself time to get into the ditch it's gonna take yourself some time to get out of the ditch so all of this is super condensed and it's like a lot of psychological work but the way you're feeling has been programmed by you by you, which mm -hmm. means you can program your way out of it. But it's going to feel really weird at first because your brain is going to go, no, Bijou, you are burying your head in the sand and you are not paying attention and you are, you're not responding to the risk appropriately. You need to freak out and you have to have the ability to say, thank you. Thank you for this warning. It's invalid. Mm -hmm. Go back to the visualization and your brain goes, oh, there's nothing to worry about. And you got to control that from a conscious standpoint. Cool, cool, so cool. that was, that was obviously like the, the moment that opened that up is me being, I was just being vulnerable at the beginning of a call because I think people look at people like you and they look at people like me and they look at other leaders and they're like, well, life must be fantastic for them all of the time without realizing that you have been through trauma and I have been through trauma. And that's life has so many ups and downs that it's impossible to get to where you're supposed to get to without experiencing extreme setback and fatigue and sometimes breakdown and overwhelm. And so it was really what, what we're trying to do here, Mike, is level set the playing field because this guru mentality is so dangerous. And people yeah. look up to these, these people who they feel like are just different than them, but I'm no different than you. I've just maybe been around longer or I've thought deeper about something or I've just survived. Um, how, did, how do you handle adversity as an entrepreneur, as a leader, as a producer, because you have been through your own story and your own fair share, your brain is actually quite meticulous in how you process uh, things that happen around and to you. So, what is your secret for surviving? Yeah, man. I mean, I've I've definitely um, gone through the the school of hard knocks on this one across multiple different verticals. Uh, so, for context, guys, for those that don't necessarily know my story, I'm not going to go into it here. But you know, 
over the course of 24 plus years in the entrepreneurial space, you're going to see some roller coaster action, right? Like you're, you're going to experience the ups and downs, no doubt. And I'm no, I'm not unique. Everybody does it, you know, and, and everybody has their, their stories. But, um, one of the things there, there's a few different mantras, I guess I've kind of like impressed upon my brain to help me navigate the, the, even the upcoming storms, right? Like, um, I'm dropping who, who's uh, associated to this quote, Taylor, maybe, you know, but you know, when it's summer, think winter and when it's winter, think summer, uh, you know, in times of, of peace and, and tranquility and you're doing well and you're rolling, never forget, Hey, it doesn't stay this way forever. And so to be preparing ahead, like what can I be doing to, uh, create, you know, strength and moats and, and different, uh, strategy around my business, around my own personal well-being when it's well, when it's good, when you actually have the, the bandwidth and the strength and the self-confidence, start looking towards ways of fortifying yourself in that way. And the reverse is true too. Like when you're really in the deeps of it and you're just getting beat up, it seems like, you know, that whole, uh, cliche that always seems to resonate and, and holds true is like when it rains, it pours, you know? And like, it's like every time I can't remember how many times I've thought to myself, really like now again, just another hit and another hit. And you're like, freaking a man, like, <laughs> can I just get a win here? Right. And it just seems like you just can't get through. And one of the things that I just keep, you know, uh, impressing upon my mind, reminding myself, you know, constantly during those periods of time is like, Hey, this is winter but there's everything cyclical. There's going to be a spring. There's going to be a summer. Like it's the promise of the new season ahead, you know, and where, where vision, uh, where people lack vision, people perish. And so as long as you can keep the vision of what's coming ahead and that it won't always be like this, that's kind of what's gotten me through those, those periods. I think what you said is so profound and so brilliant where, uh, there's kind of sometimes one thing after another. Now I've noticed this by studying for arena because we put together, what I think is like collegiate level studies on these men and women of our past, Abraham Lincoln, when, you know, you look at Abraham Lincoln's life, it's like he lost a kid, then he lost another one, then he lost another one. And then he lost all of these elections. Theodore Roosevelt loses his wife. Then he loses his mom. And within 24 hours, you have Winston Churchill. They go through these traumatic, almost trends. I don't want to even call them traumatic experiences. This traumatic trends of bad experiences mm. and when you actually break it down there's wonderful truth sometimes in these old mantras they come from somewhere when it rains it pours and you know one step forward two steps backwards like these these ideas they come from history and they come from real real life but i think it's actually really healthy for us because when you go through an experience that chisels you or sharpens you Life is so generous that it will actually give us another round to let us practice with the lessons that we just learned. So let's flip around the thinking on, on here for a second. But if you go through something where it's like somebody um, betrays you or, I, you know, I don't know, like somebody betrays you. Let's just go with that. Sure. And you, you get all bent out of shape and you lose your peace around it and you just are so mad and frustrated and you get you, you lose your state. And then you learn there's nothing that you can control that you can't control. Okay, well, what a basic principle, but it's true. There's nothing you can control that you can't control. So you can't control what that person did. You can't control the past. So you have a double whammy there. You can't control anything in the situation. So you learn, I'm just going to take the lessons and move forward. And I'm not going to allow myself to be bothered by this. 
what life can do sometimes if you're a person who has a big calling. And I'm caveating this because if you're a person with a low calling, you have no influence and nobody is supposed to hear your voice, life doesn't care about you and you won't have any setbacks and you're not going to have any problems. But mark my words on this. If, if you're somebody who is called to influence, you're going to be tested here. So you go through this betrayal, what life does is life says, I'm going to help you and I'm going to give you the ability to practice what you just learned and you will have another betrayal, usually right after the first one. This is why this thing happens. This is, I learned the lesson, now I'm going to deploy the lesson. But what so oftentimes happens is we learn the lesson and then we forget the lesson right in the next one. And so you, your lessons will continue to repeat until they are learned. And so you see people who are old and they've been around a really long time and they keep going through the same patterns because they they didn't learn the lesson. And so what life does is it won't let you move on until you learn the lesson. And I think that that's actually something that's not negative. It's a positive. But we have to have the ability as entrepreneurs to push pause, slow down the pace, find our flow, and then hop back into rhythm. And then when we get kicked off of our trajectory again we have to remember what we just learned and deploy it out does that make sense yeah i love that man yeah looking at these as opportunity right like sun tzu you know in the midst of chaos there's also opportunity uh you know there's the ability to get better and and just remind yourself that we don't have to like it we don't have to pretend oh it's sunny and rosy and i'm i love this that's happening whatever it is but we also have to accept the flip side of that coin which is like yeah but once i make it through this i'm gonna know how to you know get through this again even easier next time and and uh there's no testimony without the test uh so you, you've got to go through it um so i have this concept too that i've like a visual you know my brain thinks in pictures a lot and one of the the visuals i always keep in my mind is this concept of a pendulum where on one side you have just overwhelming you know success and and accolades everything that you're going for you know on the, on the grandest of scales and on the reverse end of that pendulum is pain. And to what you were saying, Taylor, you know, a lot of people just hang right there in the middle, you know, they just kind of swing where it's not total success, not total, you know, reaching of their capabilities, but they're also never going to experience significant amounts of pain or adversity because of it. You know, they're, they're swinging right there in the middle. They're in this warm zone. And for a lot of people, that's okay. And yet, you know, we, we see these people, I mean, think about it. someone that's going to like, say, reach the pinnacle of their sport. Um, you know, like the Super Bowl, for example, right? Like the one big game in the hall of big games, your entire career from like little league, high school, college, all the way up, like your entire life has been dedicated hours and hours and hours and hours of your life has been dedicated to get into this one pinnacle of an event. You get there finally out of severely skewed odds that you ever could even survive physically to get to that point. And then you lose that game. And then you never get to the Super Bowl again. Mm. Like that's some pretty severe pain when you consider like your, your entire life was dedicated to that moment. Mm -hmm. And yet you will never have the opportunity to win the Super Bowl if you don't put yourself in the situation to get to the game and then lose, you know? So it's like this weird dichotomy of like, oh, you want the big reward, but you got to be willing to pay the big price too. And it's, it is what it is. You know, like you said, if, if, uh, if you're not called for greatness, like you're not going to experience the pain, but if you are, you have to be prepared to pay the price, you know? hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great point. It's very true. Very true. So something that, um, one of the members said on, on yesterday's call that really resonated with me was, and well, maybe you said it, but I think 
it was about what she was talking about. And it was this don't die mode <laughs> where people just get into this like frantic, oh, you know, everything mode. Uh, could you speak to that a little bit? Um, I'd love to get your thoughts on what you've done. I know, I guess some of the things that we we're going to uh, cut in with that looping concept, we're going to cut that, that frame in. So I guess we can, we don't have to go too deep on it, but I just th thought it's so profound, you know, that, that don't die mode concept. I think a lot of people yeah. resonate with that statement. I think, I just think that the, the idea of dying is largely a mental one. And like, um, you know, there were times in our history, again, this goes back to my, my love of history. I love reading about these people who came before us. The, the risk of death was a legitimate one for them. And the reality is if you're listening to this, you know, I, I, I recognize people are going through traumatizing situations all the time and they're going through challenges. But I made the statement yesterday. I was like, I've learned in my life that unless someone is going to come into my house, drag me out of my house and kill me in front of my kids, it's probably not worth seriously losing my inner peace about mm -hmm. it. Yeah. The, we, we've never, humans are afraid, and this goes back to the series that we had in London on influence and anti-fragility, but humans are only afraid of two things. We're afraid of being alone and we're afraid of physically dying. If you track all fears back, they come to those two categories. The reason for that, and just to go a little, a little cuckoo on like just, you know, evolution and science is we are wired to procreate, period. Like we're just wired for that. That's we're. I don't want to call us like primitive animals, but we are, we have instincts and we are wired to perpetuate the species. And most of our drive comes down to that. Even the drive to make money is the drive for inclusion societally. So we can uh, you keep the species going. And when, yeah. when we bake everything down into just these two main concepts, most of us are so afraid of dying in business, but it's, it's, it's a facade. It's all mental. And you have to have the ability to, to like Marcus Aurelius said, you have to boil things down to their most basic and concise descriptions, and then they lose their power over you. Whether this is an addiction, whether this is chronic fear and anxiety here's a spiritual element too and it's like you know for me i don't know what everybody's spiritual state is but for me when when i pray and when i talk to god about things it has a it, it level sets my expectations of like well this is all temporary anyways this is, this is going to go away you know i'm not going to live forever and what happens when i die well i think i'm going to go to heaven and there's a life after this life and there's there's things that don't matter right now. And then when you get into that mode, it just is a trailing chain of events. Like my, my daughter is four and a half. By the way, Mike, she reminded me that she's four and a half the other day because she's riding her bike. I said, Kate, where's your helmet? She said, oh, dad, I'm four and a half. I don't need that anymore. <laughs> she's growing up, man. She's done. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, the keys uh, to the car. It's like, get your little <laughs> bottom back into the garage and put your hat, put your helmet on right now. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but, you know, one day she's going to be 10, then she's going to be 15, then she's going to be 20, she's going to be getting married. And I will not let the stress of some random bullshit event in 2023 cause me to lose the four and a half to five moment with her. My son is six months old. Like, you have your own family. You've got through this same experience. You're going to have to, like, walk me through how to have a child who's an adult. But 
the things we get so frustrated with don't matter. And you can listen to this and scoff and be like, it's easy for you to say because you've never been through it. It's like, shut your mouth. No, you don't know what I've been through. And I don't know what you've been through. And it's disgusting to me when people say that. Like, yeah. I hate that because the the amount of shit that I've been through is intense and it's it hurts. And I wrestled with it. Don't discount my suffering because you think that I have money. That, that That's yeah. stupid. We all go through these things that challenge us and they challenge our identity and they challenge our confidence. But the reality is that unless you are actually facing physical death, you need to grow up and get over it. You process your emotions like with, with my wife and my daughter. And it's like, sometimes I can tell her, so I'm like, do you just need to cry? And Kate will be like, yeah, I need to cry as a hugger and let her process her emotions. Cause I don't want to be like, you know, dry it up. You're not allowed to process emotions, but there comes a point where you have to actually subdue the way that you feel and put them into alignment with what you believe. A lot of breakthrough would happen if people stopped asking, how do I feel? And they started asking, what do I believe? Ooh, you shift you this around because your, your feelings are just a, a downstream effect of your beliefs. Do you believe that the world is abundant and vibrant and that people are mostly good trying to help one another? Or do you believe that, you know, the uh, China's trying to kill America and the president's an idiot and we're all going down, you know, that that's a real thing. Like what you believe determines what you even try to do. And so I can tell you my beliefs. I believe that the, the current is better than the past and the future is better than the present. Our best days are ahead of us, not behind us. We go through life's challenges to grow. Things are happening for us, not against us. I believe that there's there's utility in great relationships. People are more important than money. I believe in slowing down. The grind culture has ruined more families than even laziness has. You see all these beliefs that make up the, the, the way I feel chemically. Mm-hmm. And you have control over that, but you have to get your head out of the sand and plug it into the reality that you choose. Like the dial, you've got to tune that up. I can go on and on about this. I'm dominating this episode. I apologize. No, but it's because I've walked through it, you yeah. know? A thousand percent, thousand percent. No, I love it, man. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Uh, and I just want to highlight for those listening, you know, if you haven't tapped into the arena, I just want to plug it um, here and really to highlight Taylor's work. You know, I'm a fan of history. I wasn't earlier in life because I was always like, well, why do I need to learn about the past? I'm more focused on the future. Like that's where I'm going, you know, as a kid. Right. But then, of course, as you get older, you realize, well, wait a second. There's probably a lot I could learn (laughs) from people in the past. And everything that Taylor's just was speaking to there speaks of perspective and context. Like, oh, it's so hard. I'm dealing with so much of a thing. I don't know. I feel like I'm going to die compared to what? compared to who, like, as soon as you start studying the past and some of these historical figures in particular, like Taylor does within the arena environment, it's like, man, all of a sudden your problems don't look so much like problems anymore. You know, to Taylor's point, people not, they're not dragging you out of the house, chopping your heads off, you know, and all of a sudden you realize actually yep. today's pretty good day, <laughs> you know? So perspective and context, my friend, perspective and context. I love that. Well, I know we've got a whole nother clip that we're going to be cutting in here, man, which I love that. That's a killer idea. So you guys are going to love that. Um, and this was a good one, man. How not to die as an entrepreneur. I think it's a, it's a lesson we all need to learn and we probably need to revisit often, be reminded of the fact that, uh, you know, we do control our environments through our thinking and um, that's the way we go. So I appreciate Let's your time go. here, man. Absolutely. Guys, as always, uh, if you appreciate this, please share it. We don't do a lot of advertising for this, but we love it. Uh, leave us a review if it matters to you. 
and show up for an event. We'd love to see you. You can go to wealthyconsultant.com for all of the, the information and training and all that good stuff. So see you next week.